Conference of Champions rolls on. No truck stops here. We are the Pac-12. We are the best of the best. Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 podcast. We are back. I'm Carlos, and joining me every week from now until April, not taking a private jet, Avery, at Brave Grapes. Back. Greg, at Bananamorphs. Greg. And our token white male, Matthew Hubertson, at No Pit Stops. That music is so much better when it means football, huh? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so much better. That is right. That's right. We're back, baby. We're back weekly. I hope uh, you four... You four, you three enjoyed uh, your breaks because it's nonstop from here until the end of March Madness. Uh, follow us on at No Truck Stops Pod and please leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We got review bombed by a bunch of BYU fans for hating them and homophobia. Uh, and we know how they feel about uh, homophobia over there. So please come help us out and drop a five star on either of those apps. We would really appreciate it. With that, a couple of programming notes, a little mini announcements. First off, we have a Patreon now. Yay! That's new this year. Uh, we actually uh, work very hard on putting together this show. No no joke. <laughs> uh, I think we've gotten a lot better at it over the course of the year. I think it's been a lot of fun, and sometimes it can be a lot of hours. So if you enjoy No Truck Stops, consider subscribing to either show your appreciation or get extra content. Uh, there's a couple of tiers on there that you can check out. There's already a special episode for subscribers there where we draft our all-time Pac-10 teams in the Pac-12 era, including quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, coaches, bands, crowds, but excluding USC and UCLA. So that was a blast. We enjoyed doing that. We also have team-specific deep dive preview episodes. Uh, first one's also out now on UCLA and USC. And then our Utah-Colorado preview drops uh, exclusively on Patreon Wednesday, August 3rd. And if you subscribe to our highest tier, you also have access to our patron community Discord. Uh, yet another platform for us to be chronically online. So please come hang out with us uh, over there. Subscribe to our Patreon to listen to these bonus episodes and be added to our Discord, Discord at patreon.com slash no truck stops. We really appreciate your support. All right. On to our uh, preview content here. Over the next month, we're going to be previewing the Pac-12 football season. We're going weekly from here until forever. We'll make our we'll make our like final predictions for the season right before. Uh, but next week, we'll break down the all the magazine discourse. Phil Steel, Phil Steel, Athlon, any other mags you want us to talk about, we'll talk about whether we agree and whether they're out of pocket. On and on, that is going to drop next week. The following week, eight fifteen. Uh, we'll talk about some of our favorite or most intriguing games of the Pac-12 slate. Teams maybe we're buying low on, teams we're selling high on. And then the week after on 822, before we talk real football, we'll give our predictions for the season in terms of awards, conference champs, and we'll try to guess who the real contenders are. But today, we're going to do some hashtag narratives. We'll go team by team to talk about win totals for the 2022 football season. We'll talk about who's under the most pressure to perform this season. We'll talk about the new conference title format where the number one and the number two play each other rather than the North and South winners. But first, let's talk about Pac-12 Media Day. Real sicko shit. Uh, obviously, we didn't go to that because we are an unserious podcast. I believe our buddy Matt Zemeck once called us irreverent. 
So not a thing that, but we were, you know, browsing and looking at some of the tweets and the discourse online. I'm curious, were there any interesting quotes or nuggets that stuck out to you that you saw going around on message boards or on Twitter? There's a lot of stuff, stuff from Daddy George is the preseason media poll. There was something about the Pac-12 athletic directors saying some stuff about the Big 12. But any of the anything, what stuck out to you? Uh, let's start with Grapes. It sounded like Kyle Whittingham repeatedly referred to the conference as the Pac-10. Is that right? Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. He's he's Loki a troll. Well, that's I did not know that. Uh, okay. All right. I mean, uh, he was never involved in the Pac-10, and now he gets to be, I guess. So that's good. Yeah, good for him. Congrats, Kyle. Honestly, <laughs> I did not watch any of Media Day neither because... I. I don't think either of us did. I yeah. have a life. I just kind of like react to stuff on social media after it sounded like Daddy George was uh, having a day, though. I mean, I enjoyed when asked about, uh, you know, potentially merging with the Big Ten, I mean, Big 12, when he said, uh, we haven't decided if we want to go shopping yet, uh, go shopping <laughs> there yet. I enjoyed that. That was a nice line from Daddy George. Uh, but aside from that, I mean, like... The most interesting thing to me was the media poll for like Pac-12 standings this year. The rest of it was just posturing, and I don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Matthew Robertson, did anything stick out to you from uh, Media Day? I mean, honestly, I'm just glad that there was actually trolling. Usually Media Day is completely boring, like coach speak and shit like that. So I was happy to see some actual fireworks happen. Yeah. 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 Uh, George Klyavkov. Uh, to what Greg was saying earlier was asked about it and said that you know I think it was the Big 12 apparently had said you know we're open for business and you know basically making overtures to Pac-12 teams and George Klyukov was like thanks we haven't decided if we're gonna go shopping at your business yet uh he walked it back later on said that remark was a reflection of the fact I've been spending four weeks trying to defend against grenades that have been lobbed from every corner of the Big 12 trying to destabilize our remaining conference. I understand why they're doing it. When you look at the relative media between the two conferences, I get why they're scared. Uh, He was not holding back. I mean, uh, are you all sort of like, should he have taken the high road? Are you glad that Matt, it sounds like you're glad that he got a little bit spicy. Avery, Greg, either of y'all, you know, sort of like, yeah, I don't know if he should have been doing all that. I feel like the high road is always more boring, so... I'm glad he said what he said. Well said. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's move on to our next topic. Uh, We're borrowing it from last year, but it's always relevant, I think, every single year. Uh, I want to know from you all, who is under the most pressure to perform all this season? You can go with a player or a coach or whoever. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Matt, this time. Who do you think most desperately needs to have a good year this season? Oh, man. I think think it's got to be Chip Kelly. Mm. There's definitely a lot of rumblings about um, Chip Kelly will likely not be the one leading UCLA into the Big Ten, um, but I think that he has the chance to to actually save you know his job and to be in a position where it makes it really really difficult to get rid of him. I really just don't think that anybody else is in a position where they have any question about about their their standing in in their school. Maybe Oregon is a program, but that's really it. I would say I'm going to uh, I'll, I'll jump in here and say that I actually don't think it's Chip Kelly. I actually think Chip Kelly this season is fairly secure for two reasons. 
Uh, number one, the schedule is just insanely easy. I like he's going the like, eight wins is the floor, which is kind of ridiculous Don't they have to say about five a five away games. No, they have they have uh four eight. Away no, games? they have four away games. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, yes, eight yeah. home games, four away games, and against some really light competition, non-conference and in-conference, and none of them are back to back. So that's one. Uh, I, I have a hard time. Uh, fig- I have a hard time seeing UCLA firing a guy for going eight and four back to back two years in a row, even if that's a, a, a bad record given the schedule. That's one. The second reason why is uh, they signed him to a two year contract extension. Uh, I, and they're going to have to pay him a buyout if they want to fire him after this year. So I think UCLA really does not want to fire Chip Kelly because they're in debt, because they know that they're getting the Big Ten, uh, what do you call that? The life, the life. Raft reserver, life whatever vest, life the life the, preserver. Yeah, they're getting uh, a Scrooge whatever that You're the money. one that lives by the ocean. What are, <laughs> don't go in a boat. <laughs> don't ask an inlander about you know that. the donut, the little donut thing. Anyway, yeah, they're a getting life preserver. A li- okay, uh, they're getting a, a life preserver thrown out to them uh, with the Big Ten. Uh, so I think they're probably just going to save the money. I think the only th- re- the only way I can see Chip Kelly leaving UCLA is. Uh, if he leaves on his own accord because he's over it, because he gets a, an offensive coordinator job in the NFL. Uh, I don't think he wants to be at UCLA long-term. That's what the rumblings are. Uh, the Bruin Report Online guys and Michael Hanna and a bunch of other UCLA folks all think that, you know, he's probably gone after this year no matter what uh, and likely on his own accord. So for that reason, I am going to go with Carl Durrell. Uh He is by far, oh, I would say... We, we should have a conversation about who has the hottest seat. I think he might have the hottest seat. Uh, coming off of, I guess, kind of a random coach of the year year in 2020 when they only played like six games. But then also coming back and having a horrific 4-8 and eight season. I guess they got better towards the end of the last year. But they had a ton of talent drain um, in, 20, uh, in the 2021-2022 offseason. They're coming in with an unbelievably difficult schedule. Uh, like really, really tough. We talked about Colorado in depth on our Patreon episode, but like they have a tough schedule. Um, that non-conference is like what TCU, Air Force, Minnesota, and Air Force is like going to be a double-digit win mid-major team. That's fucking insane. Uh, and and already the heat was on him last year, and he felt it. I think, uh, given the fact that he was like pushing around cameramen and things like that. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Carl Durrell. I think he has by far the hottest seat. Uh, and I and I don't think Colorado has much patience for coaches the way that some other schools. Uh, Can I jump in here? Yeah. All right. I don't read this question as who has the hottest seat or who is in the danger of losing their job. That's not like the pressure I'm thinking of when I say this. Okay. But I think it's Lincoln Riley because people mm. are already talking about Lincoln Riley leading USC to the conference championship, if not winning it. Like obviously Utah was picked first in the Pac-12 media pool, but like. USC had five first place votes. Uh, Caleb Williams was picked preseason Pac-12 first team. Like I, th- even just the way we talk about Lincoln Riley, and I even think Lincoln Riley is like immediately p- probably the best coach in the conference, but he hasn't actually done anything except recruit. And so I expect USC to perform, but like if they don't perform every narrative we've said about Lincoln Riley and how good this is for the conference in USC is like, quite frankly, kind of embarrassing. (laughs) 
because the expectations are set so high that they don't even feel like expectations anymore. Like it just feels like that's going to happen. Like there's no way they're bad. What is performing for you? Like what what do you, what do you think Lincoln Riley has to get in year one to kind of alleviate some of that pressure to prevent um, some of it? He should be like in line to go to the conference championship by week 10. It should like not be ruled out. Okay. Especially okay. now, like we'll talk about it more with the process of going to the championship isn't dependent on division anymore. Like Utah, like number one team in the conference right now, can't rule you out from going to the Pac-12 championship. Like you can still play Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. So it should come down to them like being in it or like barely being out of it. Okay. I think that's fair. I think Lincoln Riley, the hype. Like he's never, he's not going to get fired. Like it's not going to fuck up his career, but like everyone just already expects it. There's never not been a question about it. The only people are questioning it are Oregon fans and that's because they're insecure. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Like Lincoln Riley should be great this season, but that's why I feel like he has the most pressure because like everyone just kind of assumes it will happen. And if it doesn't, that would be like huge news. Greg, what's your answer to this question? Uh, I don't think there's anyone in the conference who's like make or break uh, this season. Like I think there are some guys who it's on the wall even if they have a good uh, even if they have a good season. But you know we are forgetting uh, good old Herm, uh, who I guess his seat isn't hot as long as Ray Anderson is still the athletic director at ASU. But I feel like <laughs> without that, his seat would be quite quite hot. Uh, and you know. If he has a good year this year, if he has a good, like, if ASU doesn't quit like we think they're going to quit, that might buy him a few years. <laughs> what do you think, uh, how, how many wins does Herm need to get before before they give him a contract extension? If he Six. gets eight wins this season. <laughs> He's not going to get eight. I feel like they'd give him a contract extension if they go to a bowl game. I don't Interesting. Think. Interesting. If they win a bowl game, yeah. No Why way. not? Give it to him. In, in these times of uncertainty. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with Greg, though. I don't think that there's anybody that, like, is is in a make or break this year. That's why I pick Chip mm-hmm. Kelly, because I think that what I think that the opportunity that is before him with this schedule yeah. can help him significantly in three years. Yeah, I think you're right. Where if he goes eight and four again this year in front of this schedule, no, he's not going to be fired. But he's certainly not getting extended. Yeah. Do we True. remember who our coaching hot seats were last year? Because I want to like see if they all got fired. God, we should we should go. Yeah, Dave was Chip, laugh. Clay. That's right. Um, Here, those are the two big ones. Let me pull up the graphic I made. In fact, if we just went, wow, yeah, let's see what that graphic said. Uh, if we, uh, I'm pretty sure um, we said I know that it was on there. I, I'm pretty sure we said Chip and Clay were a head and shoulders above everyone else. Yeah. Um. And you know, what's funny is that a lot more coaches left, uh, and were on hot seats. Like Jimmy Lake, we had no no idea whatsoever that he that he wouldn't make it this year. That's wild to me. Um, I don't think that any of us thought Colorado would fall out fall out the way that they ended up uh, falling out. Oregon, I guess Mario Cristobal. I mean, he was never going to be in a hot seat, but like that was kind of an embarrassing one. Here, um, we had Chip Kelly, Clay Helen, and um, <laughs> why am I spacing on Wazoo's coach? Oh, oh Nick Rolo. Rolovich. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Nick Rolovich. Boy, 
yeah, just he because was... of the COVID stuff. <laughs> and it ended up being true, yeah. Ended yeah. up being 100% true. Other uh, players, coaches, teams, programs that you think are uh, need to have a good year this year? I think Utah needs to have a good year. Uh, yes, that's would the be, one I was thinking. I think detrimental to not be great this year. Like, if Utah has, if Utah has eight wins, this is... Like the most disastrous season Utah's had. If Utah doesn't go to the Pac-12 championship again, it's pretty disastrous. See, I think that's like acceptable. It would be like especially with the divisions. Like they're not going to have the shit where if they lose to USC, they have to pray that USC loses the whole season. They just have to like win the rest of their games. The problem is they do play Oregon, and if they lose to Oregon, that's like you know that tiebreaker matters now where it didn't before. Which is why I think it's like sort of acceptable if Utah doesn't make it. It's still a terrible season and a huge disappointment. But if they don't have like, if if two first year head coaches at their programs in the Pac-12 like make it to the conference championship over Utah, I think that's embarrassing. Like Lincoln Riley's more acceptable because he has like a history of being a good coach. But like, who the fuck is Dan Lanning? Like this guy just sauntered on in, picked a terrible staff, and. Like they both gonna... have much easier paths to the championship game, though, is the is the thing there. Because Utah has to play them both, and they have to play Oregon on the road, whereas uh, Utah's the only hard team in conference that either of the other teams have to play. Yeah. I, t- I tend to agree with Avery that they need to make a conference championship game. They need to at least get there. Uh, if they don't, I think this is a disappointing season because I don't think, oh, yeah, for sure. I don't think Oregon is a 10-2 and two team. I just don't. Uh, I don't think yeah, that Yeah, Oregon's not unbeatable. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, and as we saw last year, like, yeah, it's a new, it's it, not only, you know, you said two first-year head coaches with Lincoln Riley and Dan Lanning. Uh, I can excuse Link- them getting beat out by Lincoln Riley. I can't excuse them getting beat out by a guy who's like, what, 35 in his first head coaching job ever after sort of being a defensive coordinator under defensive head coaches. Um, like, and not to say that he's going to be a bad coach, but like, this is a very new experience for him. His and staff- it's, his fir- it's his first year, like coaches in their first year aren't always like gonna go 10 and 2 yeah and and their staff like also very inexperienced and again not to say that they can't be good um maybe they're young and talented certainly they will get talent uh in terms of players certainly they have they will learn a lot but this year to expect them or to think that they might go 10 and 2 is that's a tall ask uh so or so you all to say utah absolutely should go to a conference championship game if they honestly if they're like a nine and three team going in going into you know the postseason whatever that looks like for them that might even be kind of upsetting uh just just because of what they bring back um where they're at right now the fact that it really feels like utah's kind of arrived as a potential power i don't know it just feels like they've got to capitalize on this the window's open right now Mm mm-hmm Matt, what do you do? You, do you, are there any other teams that you're thinking about, or programs, or players, or coaches? Do you agree with Utah? There's a lot of pressure there. Anyone else you want to bring up? I agree somewhat with Utah. My my question with Utah is: Is it going to matter um, in the grand schemes of that in the grand scheme of that program whether or not they go ten and two and miss the conference championship game, or twelve and zero and make the playoff? Like I just I don't know how much that actually does for the program, and I don't think they're going nine and three. You know, so. Um, I I actually kind of a dark horse for this is Arizona and Oregon State. Um, Interesting. Arizona is has been so much built off of the excitement and momentum of Jed Fish, and I, I mean, 
I'm definitely high on them, but if they only get two wins, which isn't absurd, that's that that could really break a lot of that excitement and that that momentum. So I'd say I'd throw in a Justin Wilcox also. Uh I, I don't think I don't think he needs to have a spectacular season to keep his job, but I do think he needs to have he needs to get to at least a bowl game. Uh I, he, is yeah, it bad that I frequently forget that Cal exists? No, because they've largely really been understandable. Yeah, like uh, in addition they, to they being prefer it that way, actually. <laughs> in addition to being kind of, they've been mostly middling under J- Justin Wilcox, but they've also been kind of incredibly boring. Uh, like as a as a program, like they're not a particularly fun team to watch most times. Uh, I, Justin Wilcox, I think, like bounced back really nicely late in the season. They got to five wins. It really did not feel like they would get there. But uh, and they had a couple of close games that they probably could have or should have won. Um, but I think Cal fans are kind of disillusioned with him. There was already talks after the season ended that he might uh, they might fire him. And then suddenly those turned into what was he going to Oregon talks, which is like absolutely insane <laughs> to me. Um, but like, I, I think Justin Wilcox is uh, he's a bit on the hot seat now. Is Cal going to like fire him if there's a buy? I don't know what his contract situation is like, but like. I cannot imagine it's it's at this point what four or five years in. I can't imagine it's that much bigger. Well, he got Cal's an extension. Be, you got an extension. Okay. Well, maybe the buyout did get bigger. Um, yeah, I think he got it after 2019. I don't remember for sure though. Yeah, uh, I think that sounds right because they went like eight and four that year. I think. Um, I don't think Cal cares enough to fire him. Is the problem? Like, I don't think they're gonna. Pay I think they do money. care. I think they're cash strapped. I think they're really worried about the money. When I, think well, I don't think administration cares contract at all. end. Uh, Avery asked when his contract ends. I'm gonna look it up, but um, I don't know. I just think that he's gotta he's gotta get to a bowl game at the very least. Um, it's a, a tall ask. They're gonna be worse than they were last year. Yeah, I don't expect them to make it to a bowl game. Uh, looks like he signed a contract extension spanning six years. I'll pay him a total of twenty eight point five million dollars, excluding performance bonuses. Uh, this is this was in March 2022. Uh, so. He just signed an extension. Now, again, those numbers don't mean anything unless we know, like, you know, like the buyout. How much guaranteed money is it? Um, is the is the real question? But we'll look at that up. And any other uh, teams that you think teams, coaches, players, players that you think are sort of under the gun to perform this year? Cameron Ward. <sighs> yeah, that's an interesting. He's got a ton of hype. That's a good one. He he's very hyped um especially like, if Jaden delora balls out for arizona oh yeah right having transferred there from washington state this past offseason giving way to cameron ward yeah that makes sense uh i'll throw <laughs> uh i'll throw caleb williams in there uh, just like again someone who's coming up with a ton a ton of hype the quarterback for usc transfer from oklahoma uh came with lincoln riley he has been like I mean, we were talking about him during our one of our preview episodes that we posted on Patreon. Like, <laughs> it it feels like he's the very, 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 very heavy favorite to come away with like Pac-12 Offense Player of the Year at a minimum, if not a Heisman contender, like legitimately. He's also just set up for success. Mm-hmm. Like that's the hard thing, or I like don't feel like he's under pressure because he's just set up for success so perfectly. He keeps the same coach. He has a lot of talent at wide receiver still. Yeah, an easier schedule. Like <laughs> right, it's all set up there for him. So. Yeah, Absolutely. he should he should be good. If he's not good, that's kind of embarrassing um, for USC fans. All right. Well, any other 
players, coaches, teams that you think are under the gun this year? No, no truck stops podcast. Oh, oh, oh you think we're under the gun? <laughs> tell us, tell us, Matt. What do we need to truck do? Truck stops to have a good are season? coming. It's a problem. <laughs> we got, we got to rise above the adversity. Uh, <laughs> San, does if San Diego State comes to the Pac-12, are we uh are we outline? We're we're calling them a no a non-truck stop after that. San Diego's great. I want to talk about. I've it. officially decided I like San Diego. <laughs> I feel like if it's any school from California, except maybe like Fresno State. <laughs> yeah, a truck stop. Yeah, that's right. a truck stop. <laughs> Definitely a truck stop. Jesus Christ! All right. Well, uh, now that we're off that, before we veer off into realignment talk yet again, I thought we'd play a little bit of a game. I thought we could uh, find a way to talk about each team and our expectations for them. So to do that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you each Pac-12 uh, team's regular season win total from last season, and you're going to tell me whether the team will win more or fewer games. Okay. So we'll go uh, in order here alphabetical avery greg matt and then i'll finish this off each time uh tell me whether you think each of these teams uh gets more or fewer wins than they did in 2021 all right so first one arizona state they had eight wins in the regular season last year avery starting with you more or less oh less way less (laughs) i i have arizona state going two and ten yeah it's it's bad greg bad uh yeah i'm going less as well although i'm definitely higher on them than avery is <laughs> matthew Everton? i'm definitely higher than avery as well i have them at three wins so. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah this one's making a-, a bowl that's stunning uh so i so still less but uh yeah i have them less too they just lost so much talent over like mm-hmm. the the amount of talent they lost it felt like for the first four months of the offseason it was like Oh shit, they lost another player to the transfer portal. Oh shit, they lost another player to the transfer portal. Oh shit, they did it again. Oh shit, it happened again. Like, that team still has some talent left over, but goddamn, did they lose a ton of talent in addition to like all of the shit around the NCAA investigation and Herm Edwards and all that stuff. Like, it really feels like Arizona State could come up, come up against a bump and then, and then mail it in early. All right, next one. This one's probably, I'm curious to hear actually what y'all think. Some of y'all are really down on this team. Arizona, obviously, one regular season win last year. Avery, more or less? More, definitely more. Okay, Greg? Yeah, more. Uh, although I'm definitely lower on them than the rest of you. <laughs> Matthew Hubertson? We're going bowling, baby. <laughs> really? Christ. Let's go. You can't forget the show, but if he thinks they're going to have four conference wins, then of course he S- thinks they're going to. Sir, if you could please keep the paid content behind the paywall. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's going to go five and seven. Oh, and I think that's I think that's, that's a great a, season. Absolutely, yeah. I, I have them. I think they're going three and nine. Four wins or more is like a huge win with that schedule. Arizona. With that schedule, mm-hmm. like they absolutely. play again. Uh, they play. Who do they play? They play San Diego State. Win. North Dakota State. Win. <laughs> and Mississippi State. Mississippi State. Yeah, that's right. Win. <laughs> they go three and zero. Oh, buddy. <laughs> We're talking about, we're doing some major Jed Fish. Uh, You're telling me Mike Leach simping. is playing an under-talented team in, oh. uh, in non-conference? Is that what you're <laughs> oh, telling me? Did you remind me about that? Point. <laughs> on, on the road? 
on the road. Jed Fish is going to be Carlos's new um, Justin Wilcox. Wilcox. <laughs> no, it's going to be my Justin Wilcox. Are you kidding oh me? Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, obviously, I think they will get more than one win. I think that's not going to be hard. I will say that schedule is really fucking tough for them. So I hope they, I hope they figure it out. All right, here's an interesting. I think this one's going to be very interesting. Utah. Uh, they, oh, they didn't get ten win regular season season regular season wins last year. They had nine, right? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are they getting more or less than nine, Avery? I feel like Utah um, set expectations low for this. They like purposely lost those three games last season just so they can say they got more regular season wins this season. But I think they're going to get at least 10 wins. Okay. Greg? I'm also going over. Matthew Wurtson? Yeah, more than nine is, is fine. If you, had, you originally had it at 10 because you were including the championship game. And that would have been a little bit of a tougher pick. But yeah, nine feels very safe. Yeah, I think that's right. I also, uh, when I saw it was 10, because I was including, the, yeah, I was, you're right, I was including the conference title game. Um, I thought like, oh shit, this one's kind of interesting. But when you move it to nine, it almost feels like 10 is almost exactly what you might pick for Utah. Um, yeah. But they, I mean, certainly their ceiling is, is uh, higher than that. All right, here's a tragic one. Colorado, they won four, somehow, they won four games last year. It did not feel like that. It felt like they had a worse season in Arizona, but they did go four and eight. Worst loss for Washington last year, Colorado or Minnesota? Uh, Montana. Minnesota. Or, um, or Montana. Montana. <laughs> the correct answer is Colorado was the worst loss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, so um, Colorado more or less wins than four. Avery. Less. Greg? I have them going winless, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Matt? Yeah, I also have zero wins on this schedule. That would be unreal. <laughs> I picked two wins, but I think they are really, they're in, they're in zero and 12 watch. Is 100%. Washington the last team in the conference to go a season without winning? Arizona, oh, but that was Arizona, the COVID year, that, so. Yeah. That oh, yeah, that, that doesn't count. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Colorado did it, didn't they not? No. no. It was, it's Washington. Our buddy uh, Owen Twelve at O N T O O E L V E is uh, the funniest Oregon fan we interact with. Uh, he's gonna have to gonna have to change his name or something. What's gonna happen to him? We talk about this every time we talk about someone going winless uh, in the season, but uh, they might. Colorado is definitely on Owen Twelve. Whoever watch. whoever goes winless, he has to be the fan of their rival. <laughs> he becomes a Utah fan. Let's go. <laughs> oh, that'd be so funny. Uh, all right. I hate that so much. <laughs> <laughs> he would. He would. All right. Uh, next one's going to be very easy. USC, four wins. Four wins last year. God damn. They had a horrific they were year. so bad. Oh, my God. Avery, obviously more than four, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Greg. More. Yeah. Yeah. Matt <laughs> is obviously over four. I'm over four. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, I'm curious. What's the Vegas? Do you know the Vegas uh, over under, Matt, off the top of your head? Probably like eight and a half at last check. Yeah. Nine and a half. Wow. Nine and a half. Wow. High sky high expectations. It's higher than Utah's. (laughs) Yeah. Utah, you can. See, that's what I'm saying. USC is under more pressure to perform because people just expect them to be the best team. Yeah. Wild. Um, All right. UCLA, eight wins. Avery, more or fewer? I have them going nine and three. Yeah. That sounds right. Uh, Greg? Yeah, I also have them going nine and three. I think they're a worse team than they were last year, but they're gonna have a better record because that said that schedule is so soft. Yeah, Matthew Robertson. 
yeah, it's I don't trust the coach and I don't trust the defense and I don't trust the quarterback. And yet I see 11 potential wins on this schedule. <laughs> Same. Like, so, OK. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to say definitely more. I think eight is we, we talked we talk about it. That's our floor. Yeah. So if they're be embarrassing. <laughs> God, if they, got, if they went seven and five, I think Chili Kelly actually might get he's got to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Washington. This one I think should be easy. Uh, they got four wait. I have a question. If okay. Chip Kelly gets fired, does he just retire? Uh, he has to just retire, right? Because like that's why he's in LA do you to know retire. How much dumb money there is in college sports. Are you kidding me? I think uh, you're telling me San Diego State doesn't hire him immediately. <laughs> As in, oh yeah, if, uh, oh yes, that's such a good pick. Uh, <laughs> oh, or I think he's still going to be angling for an NFL offensive coordinator job, but I don't think he'll get it. He only wants to be in SoCal though. I don't think that's. I feel like I feel like he wouldn't go to the Midwest. You think so? I think he wants to be done in a warm place. (laughs) He can go to um, where you can get to an airport quickly. What's the Rams coach's name? Sean McVay. He can go to Sean McVay's school for wayward boys who want to feel young and look (laughs) look young while also coaching football. (laughs) I feel like he would like announce his retirement and then like be one of those guys that is retired for one year and then. Decides he needs more money. Yeah, that's entirely possible. All right, Washington, four wins. Uh, Avery, more or less wins for Washington than four? I have Washington going eight and four. Ooh, that's a pretty good season for them. Year one, Kalen DeBoer era. Yeah, Greg? And it's mostly just because there's some really shitty teams in this conference. Yeah, I also have them going over, although I think they'll go seven to five. Yeah, I could see that. Matt? Mm, this is gonna be a volatile as hell team uh-huh. because everybody else is going over. I'm going under. Oh, I I have like picking the schedule. I have them going around five and seven. So Whoa. sure, let's go under. Oh. Wow, <laughs> it's a tough one. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say over two. I have them going seven and five. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I want to see Kalen DeBoer in his offense, and Washington still has some talent. You know, they're like what three in the conference, four maybe. Um, Kent State is not a horrific program. <laughs> if they lose to Kent State, that would be uh, lots of if, memes coming. If they do not win more than they did last year, though, that is a disaster. Yeah, Caitlin DeBoer goes in the hot seat year two, probably. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, yeah. All right, so we mostly agree over with Matt going under. Let's go to Oregon next. Ten wins last season in the regular season. Um, more or less, Avery? I think they're going to get exactly 10. Can I choose 10? Mm, yeah. Do I have to choose more or less? Yeah, pick one. If you had to pick one. Okay, that's dumb. That's not how over-unders work. Well, we, now but... you know that you want to go equal, but... I mean, that is however. Fuck. Don't you have to pick? Yeah, I'm pretty sure over-under <laughs> the pick. choices <laughs> and over-unders. Well, usually it's like, set I don't know, like maybe I'm... nine and a half, because you can't it's true. lose half a game. But this there, is based on their zero, last season. There's zeros, too. Um, I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with 11. Mm-hmm. and i feel really fucking bad about it oh, but to all that's... the oregon fans that think i'm just a hater i am the same <laughs> i think it's more likely that they go 11 and 1 than 9 and wow. 3 their schedule they Dear play two God, good teams are you kidding me they play yeah, two good teams i agree greg uh, that's but you know they're to gonna lose one game that they have no business losing and that's oregon state i'm once again gonna bring up the fact that we have bonex and a bunch of guys that can't beat out bonex um way under yeah, but Way like, look at their under. competition. Okay, pull up the schedule. I've got, I've did the schedule on paper. They're Actually, gonna lose. They're gonna lose to Georgia. <laughs> an old man. 
They're going to lose to Georgia. BYU's a little bit of a toss-up. No. Um, let's not. Right, let's be serious. St- there's the Stanford disease. Um, Stanford is ass. UCLA is lose, a toss-up. They're going to lose to UCLA. They're going to lose to Utah. And then they have a Friday night road game at Oregon State. They're going to lose Oregon that yeah, Well, they're going to they're gonna lose the Oregon State game. I think we but all they'll agree. they'll beat Utah. But I think they'll beat Utah. <laughs> okay. I think there's four, I have them going eight and four. I think there's four That's losses insane. on that schedule. You're crazy. That's why. Insane. Why am I the target for all of the Oregon hate when you're literally on here saying worse <laughs> shit than me? I'll just say that like they're tacky people, and then you'll say that they're fucking I'm, programs in shambles. But then it's like Avery's annoying. I'm gonna say that you picked Washington to go to the playoff last year, and now you're just transferring that those vibes to Oregon this year. I wasn't. I wasn't the only person. It wasn't like. I fucking picked like Oregon State to go to the playoffs. Like other You're the pe- witch. National sources were picking Washington to go to the playoffs. It's not my fault. I didn't do anything. Is Phil still really a national source? We we that yeah. We're gonna talk about <laughs> Phil Steele next week. But I did go back and look because he had him as his number one surprise team. And you know Phil they were Steele very surprising. People act like that was the craziest. People act like it, it was the craziest fucking pick. And like, yeah, that was for our hot take episodes. I had to come up with a hot take. But it also wasn't like anyone expect Washington to do what they did. But now after the fact, everyone like looks back and they're like, that's crazy. Yeah, because you knew what happened. Jesus. <laughs> I can't I forgot about the hot take. I knew they were going to lose to Montana. I wouldn't have picked them to go to the playoffs. Yeah, you would have. Just oh, for I, the engagement. Uh... Shut up. <laughs> uh Go ahead, Greg. I just can't believe that he took credit for them being so shockingly bad. He's like, see, I was right. That's insane. <laughs> he did say that, but he did give himself. That's probably why he labels their surprise team so vaguely. He did give himself an F, a rating for that one. Oh, but, okay. he did, but he did say, and, I, and they were definitely a surprise. He did say that. So. Okay. Are we going to do, do a hot takes episode? We probably should because I like want someone to do it. A- a hot take that's as bad as the one I did last year and then get flamed for it. Coming up in two weeks, we will get our hot takes episode. Okay. Uh, thank you all for reminding me. I literally just added that to our schedule. So uh, we'll talk about that in two weeks. We'll have our hot take segment. All right, next team up here, Washington State, seven wins last year. Uh, Avery, more or less? I think they're going to get eight wins. Ooh, wow. Greg? Lives in Washington for three months. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I've never been to Pullman. I think they're going to go six and six. So, under. Yeah. That's not bad, though. I'd say that yeah, I mean, that would be six. a good season. Yeah. Yeah. So, seven, seven wins last year was surprising. I think, I think a bowl game is a good totally. season for yeah. them. Totally. Matt? Yeah. I'm under on this one. How much under? Very under? I, I have them with five wins. You okay. have Wazoo and Washington going under. That's because you don't think same. Wazoo will beat Utah, and they will. Okay. I don't think Utah will, uh, they'll beat Utah either. I feel the way about Wazoo beating Utah that I felt about Oregon State beating Utah last year. Yeah. We'll see. Let's see how that worked out. All right. Speaking of Oregon State, seven wins last year, more or less. Avery, this is an interesting one. Okay. I don't feel good about this because I feel like they lost a lot of production and now they're competing with like more stable North teams in like, the North still isn't stable, but like Washington's going to be better than they were last year, and Washington State's going to be probably better than they were last year. But I think they're going to get eight wins. 
that's what this playoff predictor has me giving them eight wins and it just i feel bad about that feel bad about eight wins greg yeah i feel the same way i have them going over just from picking games and it feels so wrong like it feels like they should be a seven and five or six and six team and yeah i have them going eight and four nine and three yeah matthew Bertson. yeah no we clearly categorically just like don't agree on what the north looks like i have them going way over like solidly over no yeah i have them going solidly over i just don't feel good about it i have them at eight and four in my predictor i had them nine and three i feel better about this pick than i do about colorado having less than four wins that's insanity that's that's insanity you should yeah i i think picking oregon state to go nine and three is a worse bet than picking arizona to win four games (laughs) i uh i'm going way over also uh my playoff predictor had them going 10 and 2 yikes Um, jesus so i don't know what it was (laughs) i'm I'm just like literally an oregon state fan you know what it was uh there are there are three i think three teams that are better than oregon state on their schedule that's usc utah oregon they get two of those teams at home i think they get i think between usc and oregon they're getting at least one of those games at research they're gonna get oregon they won't get usc I think they could totally get USC, especially early on, fourth week. Like they absolutely, in my opinion, they could. Um, that's a, but that's a tough one. Oregon State, uh, I think we they're flying under the radar here, but they bring back an awesome offensive line. I think they bring back the majority of those starters. I think they're ranked as the number one, or I think they're ranked as the number two offensive line per Phil Steele in the Pac-12. Um, and they are returning, they have, uh, the, they're the number 30 in the country in returning production. That's number three in the Pac-12. They bring back 72% of their production um, per snap count, I think that is. And I think Bill Connolly uses snap counts. So I don't, I, th- I definitely think Oregon State could go over. We Who's should, supposed we, to be their running back this year? Doesn't matter. I think Jonathan guess, Smith can, can make I guess that's true. That's what happened last season is we said the same thing. BJ Baylor, maybe? Is he coming back? I can't remember. No, I think he's I gone. I'm pretty sure he's a senior, but we said Who the same thing. Who is the guy thing. behind him? I am blanking. Oh, I forgot his he name. He was good, though. Yeah. And he's going to uh, have good quarter. He just didn't get play. as many touches. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I think the run game will be good. Yeah. Anyway. The, the, my, my thing with Oregon State is I think they caught a lot of teams last year um, when, like, like with USC, they beat USC last year because USC was just absolute dog shit. And I don't see them catching USC off guard this year is because they just don't have like the talent and the depth that they would need, even though it's like early in the season, like USC's talent and now their coaching like is good. It's just going to be such an insurmountable like beast to take over <laughs> yeah. USC. Like it would like require so much luck just because the talent is so far off. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I think that's a fair point. Uh, the talent gap is pretty enormous. At the same time, uh, get four first four weeks of, of a new head coach. I don't know. There's something about that um, that that is making me think that they are entirely in the game in 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 the running to win that game. But okay, but we all agree over, right? I think we're just disagreeing to the extent to which they are over, how much they're over, whether we feel good about it or not. But we all feel like they should get more than seven. I just feel like I can never be confident in Oregon State being better than like just bowl eligible. Yeah, yeah, it it feels <laughs> like it wrong feels to have wrong. Oregon State having a great season. It doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah, and they're I not want getting it bad. Talking. They're not. If uh-huh. they went ten and two, like 
we would all enjoy it. You know that. I'm all in. Like, I don't even <laughs> care if Utah's yeah. going to the playoff. If Oregon State's, like, going 10-2, and two, I'm that wearing that orange and black, but. <laughs> exactly. All right. Next team here. Cal. They won five wins last. They won five games last season. I'm Avery. shocked that they won five games. Like, I don't think people talk enough about, like, the COVID shit they were going through. They were going Should through COVID more. season yeah. part two. Like, it was crazy. But I think they're going to get four lo- four wins this year. Yeah, that's not a bad pick. Greg? I have them finishing bottom of the north, three and nine, so under. Matthew Hubertson? I, I think that Cal and UW are pretty much in lockstep with how volatile that could be. I have them under. I would not be surprised if they play like the Oregon State of last year where they somehow, for some stupid reason, end up with seven wins. Oregon State had Jonathan Smith. And good vibes. <laughs> and Cal has none of that. Cal you has bad vibes Cal. and Justin Wilcox. <laughs> uh, who's their who's their quarterback? They, they also have no one. idea. Garbers, so. <laughs> Garbers, is, Garbers back. is gone. Yeah, I don't think they know either, and I think that's a big big problem. I have Cal also going under. Uh, I also have them bottom of the north at three and nine. Uh, one conference when I have them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Cal is going to be. <laughs> they might be dog shit this year, but not as dog shit as the next team. Over under for. Stanford, they got three wins. They went three and nine last year. I have Stanford going over with four, mm. the same as Cal. Okay. Um, and that's all dependent on if Tanner McKee stays healthy. If he's not healthy, they are absolutely fucked. I, I have news about the chances of that. <laughs> yeah. Greg, Greg, more or less than three. <laughs> so I have them going three and nine again, but I think it's more likely that they go under than it is that they go over because uh, my only conference win for them is Cal, and I could see Cal winning that game, so I'll go under. I see Stanford going over. Um, I think they have five wins, and I don't feel good about it. I feel the way that Greg feels about having Oregon State go more than seven wins. Um, I I don't know where the five wins are going to come from. Maybe it's like they are obviously going to get Colgate, (laughs) so that should be a win, but like looking at their schedule, I'm like, I don't know that they could beat any of these teams, but Somehow I have them having five random weird wins. Um, so anyway, I guess I have them going over, but I certainly think that they are like, uh, are they on zero and twelve watch? No. no. Okay. Colgate, I guess, is probably preventing them from that. And they get Arizona State at home. That's a toss up. Mm-hmm. No, it's That's not. a toss up. I think it's a toss up. I, 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 especially what week seven. Oh, Arizona State. I think State Arizona State is on. Oh, and 12 watch. You're insane. (laughs) If Arizona could lose to NAU last year, so can Arizona State. Arizona State's roster is infinitely better than Arizona's was. Yeah, but Jed Fish is a better coach than Herm Edwards. Jed Fish lost them the Washington game. Don't forget that. Yeah, but I... The fact that they were even in the Washington game... That's a reasonable loss. (laughs) Yeah, they were definitely over-talented. All right, well... Okay, we we all have well Stanford. I don't know. We'll we'll see what to do about. I Stanford need to there. keep track of my hot takes. Yeah, yeah. Save them for for Oregon, two weeks. Oregon now. fans Jesus. will for you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, that was over under for last wins. I think we are all. Carlos didn't even ask me. How rude. Oh, did I not? Oh, sorry. And this is oh, your team too. My competent Stanford. All right, Matthew Everton, go for it. Yeah, we're going under. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what to do about them. It's funny because they have, what, top three or four quarterback in the Pac-12? Um, but proof that it's they not have a just good one quarterback, quarterback. But 
they don't have good anything else. <laughs> he is the only shining light on that team. Caillou Blue Kelly. And Caillou Blue Kelly. I was going to say Caillou Blue Kelly. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's the light of Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adam McKee shines with the light of Christ. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right, last Did topic. you guys hear that he got married? Sorry. I did, yeah. That was he a promoted tweet. Uh, <laughs> and he's like 20 years old. Wow, so he like waited. Tanner McKee. Tan- so wait, hold on a second. Um, he, he was a pro- married I want to go back. Jeez. I want to go back to... <laughs> Matthew <laughs> I want to go back to it was a promoted tweet yeah he, uh, I think it? that uh, it was like an NIL thing, uh, NIL thing with the jeweler uh, and so just I was scrolling one day smart. and I saw a tweet about Tanner McKee's Hell wedding yeah. and there was Hell the yeah, jeweler brand yourself Tanner McKee yeah right. like just get a free engagement ring I'd like to talk to you about how much money uh, Stanford has um, that's a good it's, point. it's not a little <laughs> that's true it is not <laughs> uh byu all their players should be benefiting from nil if they're going to be getting jewelers like i feel like that's too many byu players though yeah Yeah, the jewelers can't Mm. be giving out that many rings yeah that's true that's true whereas like tanner mckee is a unique situation at stanford yeah that's true um okay last topic here (laughs) let's let's move go ahead go ahead no this is a good one um all the byu players they do have nils just with the instagram wives instead of the players oh (laughs) <laughs> good one zing <laughs> um that's we call we call that a utah specific joke <laughs> yeah. uh all right anyway let's let's finally move on to the last topic here we did not get to talk about this when it dropped because we were hanging out on the beach uh in the off season but let's talk about it now in the context the of fuck went to the beach the 2020 i didn't go to the beach <laughs> <laughs> you all went to my wedding so you probably you had an opportunity it wasn't on the beach you're poor <laughs> <laughs> all right all right let's let's talk about the championship game format that that's changed you all alluded to it the top two teams in uh why did the top two teams i have here written the top two teams in the oven by conference winning percentage <laughs> the top two teams why are they in the <laughs> oven conference is pregnant congratulations the top it's two twins the top two teams in by conference winning percentage are going to go to the title game meeting it's not north and south anymore we talked about this i'm curious to see i'm really confused where oven came from i don't know i don't know but <laughs> we're here now i have no idea carlos is this an announcement i don't Do you have uh, something in the oven? no i have nothing in the <laughs> oven unfortunately uh, no no nothing in the oven <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> North and South, not that's dead. We're not having North versus South except for scheduling. I'm curious to hear for y'all from y'all. Um, who do you think that benefits here uh, in 2022? Um, do you have any sense of like, is there any teams that you think partic- are going to pre- benefit from this particularly highly not having to go through this North South uh, nonsense? And is there any teams that it hurts disproportionately? Greg, let's start with you. It hurts Utah a lot, I think. Uh, it hurts and Oregon, them. Utah and Oregon. That's not correct. What? Because the, U- the Utah could Explain lose to Oregon, and it wouldn't matter for a tiebreaker reason if divisions were still a thing. But now a loss to Oregon means you lose a tiebreaker to Oregon, which could end up mattering a lot. Okay. I mean, uh, I feel like it, it's more helpful for Utah and USC because they don't have to worry as much about like out competing each other. It's just making sure they're ahead of Oregon. But Oregon has an easier schedule than both of them. I think you should just win your games and not worry about all this stuff about tiebreakers. Like, if you just won, it wouldn't matter. Yeah, that's true. But that is true for you. That's also true for Utah. (laughs) (laughs) That's also true for Utah and USC in the South, right? Like, maybe you should just win your games. But, like, 
I think we're all in agreement, except Greg, you're very high on Oregon. Um, I think well, you I might just be think the... Oregon's schedule is just I incredibly don't... easy. Yeah, but like we said that. Oh, great. You, you, uh, Avery, yeah. you muted your mic. Nice. Yeah, things are going great here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. This is you're gripping, you're gripping your mic with your. I'm like angry. Jesus. <laughs> we said that about Oregon last year that their schedule was easy, and then they lost to Stanford and almost lost to Colorado and almost lost to Arizona. Please do not besmirch Stanford like that. First of all. <laughs> no, I believe Stanford would win, but should yeah. they have? No. I mean, I don't know. You got to remember, Anthony Brown is gone. Mario Cristobal also Please gone. Stop making me have a personal vendetta against. Bo Nix. <laughs> Bo Nix is better than Anthony Brown. No, okay. He's not. Yes, he is. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay. Okay. Let's let's go back to this this topic here. Because I mean it's I guess it depends. This this question, your answer to this question about whether who the division format going away hurts or helps, whatever, that is entirely dependent on whether you think Oregon is the clear like number one or number two team in the conference, or you think it's USC. If you think it's Oregon, like Greg does, then, I don't think it's Oregon. But in terms of records, you do. Oh, in terms of records, yeah, I think Oregon has the best as the easiest schedule in the conference. Who do you think benefits the most, Greg? USC, for sure. Because they can finish one or two. Because they have Utah. to play at Utah, and so they can lose that game, and they're still they still could be fine if Oregon slips up. Okay. Whereas in a previous thing, they'd need Utah to slip up. Okay, and so you're saying it, it disproportionately harms Utah because they have to play Oregon and USC. Yes. Okay. All right, Matthew Robertson. Now, this is a huge benefit for the Utah-USC-UCLA throuple, and I think it's a disadvantage for Oregon. Why would it be a I disadvantage think, for Oregon? Because even if they have an easy schedule, they can't just go 8-4 and four and win the North and be in the championship. Yeah, I said it hurts Oregon. I said it hurts Utah more, but it still hurts Oregon. Okay. The only team I'm, I think it helps You know is who USC. I think it hurts? Oregon State. It, because yes. In, yes. in the theory where, was it, Matt, who said they were going ten and two. If they went ten and two, no, it was and, me. Okay, if they went ten and two and they didn't lose to Oregon, like they could win the North right there, but it doesn't. It doesn't matter because two South teams could go. Matt, who are you? Who are you going to say? No, I was going to say it exclusively hurts Oregon. Okay, like it. It hurts the North teams. I mean, yeah, Oregon State. I don't think. We actually believe that mm-hmm. that would ever really be that, that much that of a shot. Their, that was their only chance. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I agree. I think it disproportionately hurts the North teams more than any of the South teams. I guess like Utah has to play Oregon and USC, like they, I, I suppose. But like any team that comes out of the North, the North is much weaker this year. It just is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think Oregon State absolutely could go eight and four finish what? Six and two in conference, uh, sorry, seven and two in conference, and miss out on the championship game. Um, now, <laughs> uh, I, I, I tend to think that there's a chance Oregon State might still get in there. I have to go back and look at their schedule. Um, but you're right. I think the North, I think because the South is so much more stacked, the top two teams could it could be an all South Pac 12 championship game now. Um, and I feel like that's probably been the case in the past. I think what, that would have happened for what, like 2016 when USC did it, uh, would have been maybe USC. No, I think Washington was actually still going to get in there. So maybe that didn't matter, but, um, no, I totally think that that's, that's fair. 
I do think that this, I know that this is better from a standpoint of national relevance and people caring about you nationally because you're, you're not getting rid of a 10 and two team that doesn't even make the conference championship. But I do think that this hurts some of our conversations and like the actual conference sickos in the week nine, 10, 11, 12 range, because a lot of those late season games are against your Mm. conference rivals. Mm -hmm. And there's a very good chance that Oregon, Oregon state does not matter at all. And there's a very good chance that USC, UCLA does not matter at all. And I do think that there's, there's aspects of that that do kind of hurt because it doesn't, you know, where you finish in your division just doesn't matter. Yeah, I agree. I think it is bad for enjoyment of the sport. I tend to agree, yeah. Um, although I think it's it's interesting that we get like the marquee matchup uh, at the end. Like I'm thinking about 2018. I guess you know. I guess it was interesting. In theory, Utah Washington was interesting in practice. That was a horrific dog shit game that absolutely should never be repeated. Um, <laughs> in 2018, it should have been Wazoo. Yeah, that would have been Wazoo in Washington, and they had just played in the Apple Cup. What would that game have looked like if they got the rematch when it wasn't? I mean, whatever. Never mind. Mike Leach, it would have looked the yeah, exact same. Yeah, you're right. No, never mind. <laughs> I mean, he's still, but like, it would have been interesting to see the very it would clear have been number more one, number two teams. Than what we saw in that championship game. Yeah, it would have been impossible to be less interesting. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst football game I've ever watched. Over under uh, is the Pac-12 championship game going to be worse than what it was in 2018 when Washington <laughs> won 10 to three? <laughs> it's just not possible. I don't think it's possible either. That might be the worst Pac-12 championship game of all time. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> ever ever that was bad um okay any other thoughts about this who this hurts who this harms i think we we're all in agreement that the north teams are disproportionately harmed and we have some disagreement about whether it helps utah or usc or ucla but um any other thoughts about the division you all brought up good points around entertainment nope all right then that's it for us thank you so much for listening as a reminder we have a ton of preview content coming out over the next month we will be going weekly starting now. Uh, come join us next week to talk more previews for Pac-12 football. And if you enjoy this silly show and want us to continue, please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash no truck stops or money is tight. Hey, why not drop a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify? We would greatly appreciate it. Anyway, that's it. I'm Carlos. That's great. That's Matt. That's Greg. Fun time as always. You're the best. We love you. Remember, there are no truck stops here. Not even one. Quiet city street. Things aren't always green. Or on the sunny side of the street. Now don't mind if the sun don't shine. Bloody weather suits me fine. Pouring up the best wine on the boat tonight. I think I'll be a superstar.